Hey everyone, this is Rosalina. And this is Shauna. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but our journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. Hey, everyone. Hi. We are at our last and final episode, our season finale, and it's incredible how far we've come in this journey. I could just remember when I first found out I had breast cancer. So it's been a really long, I don't know how many months it's been, like eight. I mean, I was diagnosed in January. For me, it's been a solid 10 months. I was diagnosed in February, so nine months. I feel like the last couple of weeks, I just keep thinking to myself, like how much our bodies have been through in the last 10 months. I can't get over it, how much we've endured. Yes, I am so shocked in how our bodies are coping with all of these medication that we have to deal with and internally, like what our body is going through and obviously externally too with radiation. So I think it's incredible how much our body can go through all of that. And I'm so appreciative. I'm still standing. No, definitely. Definitely. I sat down and I was like, I've gone through two egg retrievals, a double mastectomy, lymph node removal. How many scans? I mean, how many doctor's appointments? 16 rounds of chemo. I have to, you know, I'll start tomorrow, actually 25 rounds of, of radiation. But like, when that all adds up, like, it just seems crazy in 10 months, like all of that has happened in 10 months. I'm sticking that in. That is a lot for someone to go through. And we had our really bad days especially in the beginning of my diagnosis, I was just on the floor, like hysterically crying. I didn't know I was going to go through this. And this is the start of my journey. And then, you know, remembering about my surgery and how I'm just like, damn, I'm going to lose a breast. And then chemo where I'm like, damn, I'm going to feel like shit. And I also didn't feel like myself. I feel like chemo was definitely the time where I struggled the most. I lost my hair, lost 90% of my hair. I didn't feel like myself. I was just sitting on the couch, watching TV, just resting and doing it all over again the next day. And so that was really, really difficult moment for me. Definitely chemo was the worst part for me. I cried a lot during chemo. Like that was hard for me. I mean, just my everything hurt. My entire body hurt, you know, and I lost a lot of hair too. You know, I, I mean, I definitely am a success story when it comes to the Paxson cooling system because of how much I did save, but it was devastating. Like you said, and just what your body's going through. I mean, you know, not being able to fully live my life was hard too. I wasn't able to you know, make plans because I didn't know how I was going to feel. And, you know, having cold caps, it, you know, kind of ruined my summer. Like I had to stay cool. I couldn't be in the sun and, you know, it affected so much of my life and not, you know, my body and my life. I'm weirdly shocked that I didn't have like more freakouts. I am a big reactor. 
you know, like I'm somebody that have very strong reactions. And I think this kind of gave me a little bit more of like a tougher skin. It's very hard these days to get any type of reaction out of me because I think I'm just so desensitized to even like any bad news or anything going on around me these days. I think I'm just still in some sort of like a shock of how I have like coped with this. Yeah, I 100% agree with you about like desensitizing bad news in general. I think this journey has definitely made me have like a tougher skin as well. But I also sometimes just feel like a statue. Like, oh yeah, like, you know, just, (laughs) just really whatever information you get or things that you're going through, especially like with chemotherapy, like, okay, like I'm going through chemotherapy again this week and going through the motion because like, obviously you have a choice in what treatments you want to do and if you want to do them. But of course, both of us wanted to do that in order to save our lives or what we think would save our lives. And so it's just going through the motion of like, okay, I have to do this. That's why I felt like a statue because I'm just like, okay, well, I can't do anything about it. Why would I cry? I'm just going to go through this and it's going to be painful, but it's for the best. Like, that's what I think about. I often think, do I have tough skin because we've been through all this or is that trauma? (laughs) Am I just traumatized? And that's why I don't have the reaction anymore. It's something I'm working through in therapy. Yeah. I needed to. Yeah. My boyfriend was such of like, he was my biggest support system. My sister, my dad, my friends, you know, like I had the most amazing support system. Like I can't thank them enough. But when I'm sharing my fears, I felt not that it was toxic positivity. I genuinely think that they know I'm going to be okay. But I needed somebody to like be able to share my fears with that didn't know me. It felt good. When I go to therapy, I say some fucked up shit and I feel okay saying it. There was points during chemo, like AC, that I said to Matt that I wanted to die multiple times because I felt so awful. Having to put him through that, you know, like put that on him to where he feels like she wants to die. That's scary. And I didn't want to do that to my family. And I didn't want to do that to Matt, my partner. I needed an outlet that was separate from my support system. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before I was diagnosed, I got a therapist for other reasons. I was having like a really bad mental breakdown at work. Just felt like I needed to really cope and talk to someone about this. So I started to see a therapist back in December, 2020, but I think it was like perfect timing because, you know, with this diagnosis, I already found someone who I really liked and I really bonded with. That was a positive in the sense. I did have my moments that I cried in front of her and I felt comfortable crying in front of her. I'm just thinking about, you know, my last couple of like therapy sessions that I have with her. But I sometimes pretend that everything is fine where I don't think I'm giving myself enough grace to say like that I feel different or struggling with things in life because I try to put this like facade of I'm strong and I can deal with this when it's okay to not feel that way all the time. I definitely need to give myself more grace. That was one of the things that I I did do throughout this experience. Like I 
you know, and anybody that I spoke to out you, um, you know, anybody that I've met in our support groups and things like that, like we need to give ourselves grace. Like this is hard, extremely hard, like mentally, physically, like you said, like you're not going to have good days every day. You're not going to have bad days every day, but it's like, okay to accept those moments that aren't good. Like I'm not okay today. And that is okay. One of the things that I'm currently struggling with, I'm just, <laughs> I'm really afraid of lymphedema. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm just so afraid that would happen to me. So one of the things that, you know, I am trying to do is maintain my weight or maybe like, you know, lose a couple of pounds. Because one of the things about lymphedema that I did hear about is that it's more common in people who are more obese. So I really don't want to be in that position where I'm like gaining weight and I'm not controlling it and then it gets worse. So I had a moment on the plane where I was coming from Las Vegas to Los Angeles and I was wearing my arm sleeve and I get out of the plane and then all of a sudden I see my left hand. I'm not wearing a glove and I see my left hand and I see it like a little puffy and swollen and yeah. I freak out. I freak the fuck out. My boyfriend's like, what's going on? I was having so much anxiety because I felt like I was having the symptoms of lymphedema. I was so scared. And so I was rubbing my hand. I was rubbing it, rubbing it. I was like, oh my gosh, why is it so puffy? I took my sleeve off. Then I was in the taxi and I was like rubbing it, rubbing it, rubbing it. And then all of a sudden I see like my veins again and I felt, you know, at ease. But also I remember that I had my session with my PT the next day. It was like, okay, I'm going to tell her what happened. And she basically recommended for me to purchase a glove. And I was like, yes, I'm going to purchase a glove. So whenever I'm on the plane, I'm going to wear the sleeve and also the glove because I'm afraid of this fucking shit. Yeah. I haven't flown yet. So I, I mean, I have the sleeves because uh, I wore one after my lymph node surgery just because it felt better. Oh, yes. Yeah. It did. Because, you know, that mm -hmm. feeling of like that chafing feeling, I couldn't stand mm -hmm. it. And it, it helped so much after. So, I mean, I have the sleeves. I, I know I have to use them when I fly. I just haven't done it yet. I mean, that's so valid. The lymphedema fears. And the fact that it, it literally can happen at any point. It, it could happen 20 years from now. Yes. It's not just like within the first year of surgery. It, I mean, it's literally forever. Yes. And it's you know, even getting our nails done, getting your cuticles cut, like that could cause it. Any type of infection can cause it. I know. I was at the nail salon the other day and the nail tech cut me, but it was on my right hand. And she was like, okay, sorry. And I was like, it's okay. And then in my mind, I was like, it was just on the right side. As long as it's not on the left side, I'm fine. I mean, that's super valid. And like, I'm struggling with my body right now as well. You know, I think between COVID, I gained a little bit of weight. And then I gained weight being on chemo because I wasn't regularly working out. I was walking and stuff. But, you know, it was hard when you're only washing your hair once a week and you're sweating. I did the Peloton a bunch and like tried to stay as cool as possible. But like, I didn't want to have like four days of sweat build up into my hair and then I can't wash it. I tried to be as active as I could in a way that made me feel comfortable. Zolodex injections are killing me. I've gained so much weight in my stomach. And I, when I gain weight, it's in my thighs and my ass. It's never in my stomach. And now I just feel like I'm big everywhere except my chest. I feel like I don't even recognize my body anymore. And the thing is, my breast scars, like my double mastectomy scars, do not bother me. 
they don't bother me at all. I'm more bothered yeah. by how my body looks right now than my breasts do. And that's hard. It's hard when I'm like trying on clothes from last year and they're not fitting me correctly. And I'm uncomfortable in jeans. I've never had any type of like gut before. And I feel like I do right now. And, you know, I'm super struggling too. Chemo totally like messed up my gut. You know, I still have like severe heartburn all the time. Like I just feel bloated and struggling with my body image right now a lot. I'm struggling with what my new normal, and I say that in like quotations because I hate that saying, but like I'm struggling with that. What is this going to be like? The fear of reoccurrence or the fear of lymphedema. I mean, it, it is a lot to process. And I had heard going through breast cancer, going through cancer, it's always worse after. Everyone always said that. And I was like, I don't know how, like, because chemo was the worst I've ever felt in my life. And I don't know how it gets worse than that when treatment stops and your support system isn't there as much for you. And just everyone thinks that you're okay now. You know, you finish treatment and you're cured and you're good to go. And I'm mentally struggling. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like for me, at least, I feel like I'm fine mentally for now because chemo really took it out of me. Like I was really tired. I was so tired to the point where I couldn't even exercise. I couldn't even go outside and walk my dog because I would get dizzy. At that time, at that moment, I didn't feel like myself. And now it's almost like two months out of chemo. I do feel a bit better than what I felt during chemo. I feel I'm getting myself back in some way. My boyfriend, Brian, even says like he can tell that I'm being myself again. That's really positive for me. But again, this is a journey. And so probably, you know, going deep into radiation, I might feel differently going through hormonal therapy, which I'm also afraid of. I can feel different as well. So that's what I was like telling my mom yesterday I was on the phone with her and she was just kept telling, Oh, you know, be positive, be positive. And then I was just like, listen, I'm going to have good days and bad days. Today I feel fine. Today I feel positive. But like there are things that are coming up that are going to affect my life. And I probably might feel shitty. It might be, you know, a day or two, a week, a month, like who knows? Right now, I feel fine. What you just mentioned, after cancer, it's a whole different viewpoint. Yeah. I posted something on Instagram a few days ago, kind of reminded me like your conversation with your mom, you know, like being positive, being positive. And it was this hard pill to swallow. A lot of us practice emotional avoidance and call it a positive mindset. Be positive. Don't deal with your shit, you know? And it is emotional avoidance. We're not, we're not feeling the feelings when we need to feel them. Yes. And we push yeah. it back and it ends up being worse. It always ends up blowing up in, in your face. Like I could sit there and try to be like, as positive as I can be. Doesn't mean my shit is not my shit. Like it doesn't mean that those feelings aren't my feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, just that conversation just reminded me. And I, I love that post. Like it just, it is so true for so many different situations too. Not just cancer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you all can relate to this, but like, you know, my mom is always trying to say that, like be positive. I see why she says it. But again, like that's why yesterday I mentioned to her, I'm going to tell you the reality. Things might not go well for me. Who knows? You know, the best thing that you can do is just be there for me. That's the best thing. 
But another thing, actually, so one of the things that I struggle with too is that sometimes when I'm hanging out with other people, I just sometimes think about I had breast cancer and I went through all of this and these people haven't and I feel different. I'm trying to be like relatable whenever people would ask me, what are your hobbies? Or like, what have you done in LA so far? And I'm really trying to black out (laughs) all the things that I went through during chemo and just be like relatable. And sometimes it's a struggle for me because that was a huge part of my life this year. I kept my circle super tight and small and you know, was never really in situations where I met like a ton of new people. From how much hair I saved, and I always wear a baseball hat, basically, I'm wearing one right now. Anybody that didn't know me didn't know I was going through treatment for breast cancer. And I didn't experience what you're experiencing. But I have experienced a lot of, I had a friend who kind of vented to me, which was totally fine. Like, you know, we all are going through things every day. And, you know, and she, she had said, she's like, I can't even believe I'm complaining to you. Like you have enough going on. You're go- what you're going through is so much worse. And, you know, and I've always been in the mindset of, you know, I dealt with a yeah. lot as a child, you know, like my home situation was really bad growing up and everyone's trauma is valid. You know, like just because right now, maybe my situation is worse than yours, like doesn't mean yeah. that you should feel sorry for what you're going through. And I'm dealing with a lot of that. A lot of people don't want to tell me things. They feel like they don't have the right to complain because of what we're going through. A hundred percent. What you mentioned, everyone's trauma is valid because like they are going through, like, you know, just because they're not going through cancer doesn't mean that all their other problems are not valid. Like, (laughs) right. Trauma is trauma and it does not matter in any, like, you know, there's no levels of it. Right. Trauma is trauma. Yes. And also, you know, like whenever I'm on the phone with my family or like my best friend, I like when they just tell me things, you know, that are going on in their life because it's not just all about me. Sometimes I even want to like talk about myself. I just want to hear about, you know, what you're going through. Yesterday I was talking to my best friend, Gabby, and She was just telling me about work stuff and like what she's going through and her love life and all of that. And I just loved hearing it because I want to be interested in what you're going through too. Like, it's not just about me. Like everyone has their life that they need to live. I agree. I am also one of those people. I am always, especially like my people. I am my people's biggest fan. You know, like you're having a baby, you're pregnant. I'm so fucking pumped for you. You're getting married. I'm so pumped for you. You got a job promotion. I'm pumped for you. But I have felt my best friend had a baby in May, two or three weeks before I was starting chemo. You know, one of my best friends right now is newly pregnant. And I almost feel like they're scared to share their happiness with me because we talked about our fertility stuff. I might not be able to have a baby. I might have to do a surrogacy. I may not have enough viable eggs to ever carry my own child. And like, I feel like they feel bad sharing this type of news when like I might not ever be able to share that news. I am not engaged. I'm fine with not being engaged. I'm fine with my situation. Me and my boyfriend are in a really great place. Even after cancer, we're good. And I don't need a ring on my finger to validate my relationship or 
I don't feel I need to be in competition with anyone or in this life stage competition. I don't, you know, I'm never disappointed. Like my shit is my shit, but I don't want people to not share things with me because they think I'm too fragile, you know, or I'm going through something bad. So they're not going to go brag about all the good stuff. Yeah, happening but to I, them. I don't know. You said it so well, Shauna. I applaud you. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not in competition with anybody, like, at this point, you know? And don't get me wrong, like, I had the pity moments of being like, my best friend just had a baby and I'm going to do my first round of chemo. I had that moment. It's more of just being like, this is my life. Like, she's having such a happy, like, memorable time in her life. And my life right now is shit. But it was never of, like, I'm jealous or I'm not happy or I feel envious. Like, it was just more of, like, good things are happening to everyone else and my this is my life right now. You know, I did. I, I'm not going to lie. I did feel sad. That's normal. It's normal to feel that too. And nothing to do with not being happy for my best friend. But also just like realizing that you are thinking that way, you know, like you don't want all of your feelings to be stuck inside you. Like it's good to talk about those things. It's good to realize that you're thinking that way because it is true. Like we're going through a really bad time and you're seeing your friend getting pregnant or you're seeing your friends getting married while I'm seeing, you know, my friends living their life and traveling and all that. And I can't do that. Like, yes, it is upsetting. It is sad. And that's just life. Everyone goes through good and bad moments. I think that that was actually probably one of my darkest ones. Like I just remember you know, like you said, not being able to travel, like not having plans. I didn't have a vacation scheduled. I didn't have, I mean, other than like the last date of my, like, you know, my last chemo date, that was like the only thing I had to look forward to. I remember being hysterical and crying to Matt and being like, when is something good going to happen for me? Like, why am I not, I'm like literally getting emotional thinking about it. Cause I, is something good ever going to happen for me? You know, I just felt like it was like shit on top of shit on top of shit that just kept piling up and every, all these, you know, all the people that I love are having these amazing things happening for them. And that was hard. That was like, that was, you know, I just felt like I almost wasn't worthy of, you know, something good happening. And that Mm -hmm. was like, really, that was hard. That was really hard. It's hard to even talk about it now, you know, even being out of chemo and like now being able to maybe travel. I mean, I'm still not comfortable and good things are happening for me, you know, now, you know, but it's so raw for me, I think. But I mentioned in the beginning, I'm not giving myself enough grace. Like I block those thoughts and I don't think it's good for me either to block those thoughts. You realize these things and, you know, I look up to you because I need to start realizing these things and letting myself cry and letting myself be sad about moments like that. They're okay. I mean, they're just, it's moments, you know, like it was hard, you know, like I said, you know, in that moment, especially like of not having anything to look forward to, I think was, I mean, probably that's a low in general. I'm going through chemo for what? Like what? I have nothing planned. I have nothing good that I have something to look forward to. That was, you know, like, that's that was a that itself is a hard moment, you know, and then on top of just everything you have to put your body through and everything you're going through. I mean, it was probably the lowest I've ever felt in my life. And um, I recognize it, you know, it's like, okay to feel it, but you don't have to live there. You know, you can feel it, move on from it. I still feel, you know, like that my feelings in that moment were valid. I'm not going to feel bad for having a yeah. moment of having a pity party. 
that was my pity party. Your feelings are very, very valid. Anyone who's going through this would say, yes, Shauna. I had those thoughts. I had those moments. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that was the first time I cried on the podcast. (laughs) We did voice memos throughout our chemo, during chemo, and there was raw moments, and this is real. These are the real feelings, people going through treatment, and it's fucking okay to be vulnerable. On this next section of the episode, you are going to listen to the voice clips of Shauna while she was undergoing chemotherapy. So I'm home from my first day of chemotherapy. Uh, My drug regimen was AC and I am miserable. I am so nauseous and I've taken both of my anti-nausea medicines already and it's not working my head is pounding i drank at, at least a gallon of water today and i just feel like complete garbage I, I just really cannot wait for this to be over i'm like over it it's only day one it is day two after my second round of ac and i feel pretty terrible I'm like super nauseous, even with both meds. I just feel like super hungover. I just didn't think it was going to hit this quickly. But I just, oh, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And it's not as, I don't know. Currently at my third chemo session, and I am struggling. The cold cap is just really annoying today. I've had a headache the whole time I've been here. And I've also have cried probably 80% of the time I've been sitting here. Just today is just not going well at all. I can't believe I have to do another 13 rounds after this. I just, I am, I, uh, over it. I'm so over it. I like literally crying, like having to relive that. Like I remember that third chemo, I was, I cried the whole time. And then I remember, I remember feeling that and feeling just like, I can't believe I have to do 13 more rounds. Like, Yes. Yeah, I like I just remember feeling that it was so terrible. I can't believe that you know wait like how many rounds you did? Like 16? sixteen? Sixteen. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe you did sixteen. I I am still yeah. in shock. Me too. You mentioning like I have to do thirteen more, like oh and then feeling and then feeling that terrible and just like, you know, the PTSD that I had going bi-weekly, knowing that I was going to go and then feel like shit that whole week. Like day before I was a disaster. Like I literally was just, you know, having to mentally prepare to go through that to feel like shit was just as worse as sitting there with this cold cap on my head and getting, you know, this red devil medicine pumped into my body. Like the whole thing was so bad. 
so horrific. And then like the smell from the capping as well, just like didn't help at all. I mean, everything that that was like trigger, you know, I just, I speak to a woman who I met actually in one of my nanny groups that's going through the same thing. And she just finished her fourth AC. And I just remember telling her like, just get through AC and the tax will be much easier. I promise. Like even seeing her posting her pictures and, you know, thinking about the rounds and just how terrible I felt after each of the four rounds of AC that I I just like, it triggered, it triggered me feeling anxious for her, remembering what that felt like going back. Like I remember that day. I remember I literally, I think I, I, like I said, I cried 80% of that day. Like I was just so upset and so even my first clip being like, stay one and I'm fucking over this. The worst feeling for me is being hungover. It's the worst feeling. I need to be like horizontal. I can't sleep because I'm so miserable. It was almost the same symptoms. Like, and it was like that for four or five days, you know, after. And then just like everything hurt. Like my whole body hurt. Like my hair hurt. The hair on my arms hurt. Everything hurt. And I just because oh, those were the moments where I literally said I want to die. How has my life been, like come to this? Like that, you know, it's almost like that. Like that, I I remember questioning, like, what did I even do to deserve this? You know, and and somebody had asked me recently. Their son is fifteen and has Crohn's disease and is in and out of the hospital constantly. You know, and she asked me. She goes, "Have you ever like?" Asked yourself why you, why you? And yeah. I said, mm, yeah, I think, you know, I don't ask myself why me every day, you know, but there was definitely once or twice where I was like, what did I do to deserve this? Why can't my life just be easy for once? You know, she had said her, you think he's 14, had said, like, why is this happening to me? That's the saddest thing at 14. Like, I, she told me that I cried. I mean, I used to babysit him, so I, I know yeah. him and I'm very good friends with, you know, his mother and, his family and just like I know that feeling. I know that feeling at 32. I can't imagine yes, that feeling at, at 14. 14. No. Yep. Oh, man, that's so tough. And you know, I think one of my hardest things too is anytime I felt bad and like I gave myself a lot of grace, but there was moments of being like children go through chemotherapy. Babies go through chemotherapy. I almost felt like I needed to keep like checking myself. Like, you know what? There's children that have to go through this. Like, tough it up. And I know that's like not a nice thing, but there was. I know, but you shouldn't put yourself through that. Yeah. Like I thought about it all the time. Like every time that I sat in that chair and like so the realization that like, what did those kids do? You know, like six, seven, eight, you know, babies, toddlers that are going through treatment for, for leukemia or whatever, like as even a parent to watch a kid go through that. Like, what did my child do to deserve this? So I myself at 32 at the time had asked myself that, like, why me? Why me? And then or, like somebody always has it worse like are we you know i don't want to compare what i'm going through to what a toddler is going through even though we're doing the same key you know we're doing chemotherapy the situations are equally as fucking bad saddest thing that that i read online is that cancer is on the rise and it's affecting more and more people it can affect anyone not just you know people who have family history. Like that's what I've learned. Right. I had a really hard time coping with the fact that I had cancer. I did ask myself that same question multiple times of why me? Because I felt like it wasn't fair. I felt like I should be living my life, especially in my twenties. Right. Like I'm too young for this shit. But I came to it's a great name for a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> 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 Well, you know, that's, 
that is why we named it that way because we're yeah. fucking young. Like this, yeah. is, this is not how I pictured my life to be, unfortunately. Right. But, um, right. Yeah. In this next section of the episode, you are going to listen to my voice memos while I was undergoing chemotherapy. So today is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Um, I start chemo on Thursday, the 20th. And right now I'm kind of feeling a little overwhelmed, especially with the amount of medications that I picked up. And it's just for some reason very difficult for me just to comprehend, you know, which one I need to take at a certain time and which day and, and all of that. So that's been overwhelming. And just I'm the type of person that likes to have control. And I felt like, you know, up to this point, I had somewhat of a control of, of you know, getting everything together making sure that I bought everything that I needed and uh, just making a list of things I could do naturally in order to combat those, like, um, the side effects. And up to this point, you know, I feel very overwhelmed and it's getting kind of, like, surreal that, I am starting chemo soon and I don't know how I'm going to feel, you know, within the past, within the next um, few months. And so it's scary and I feel alone and um, like as if this is going to be the most difficult Thing that I've ever had to do in my life. I mean, you know, surgery, of course, was pretty emotional. Um, but I felt like I handled it well. But I think chemo is probably going to really be tough on me. And I am just not prepared to go through it. And, and uh, yeah, so... So today is Saturday, May 22nd, 2021. Two days post my first infusion. And so far, you know, I feel fine. Um, yesterday I felt a little nauseous, but not too much. Um, but with the Lupron shot that they injected, um, above um, buttocks, um, it is a little bit painful. So I would say that's a bit um, uncomfortable. And then just feeling, you know, a bit tiredness is what I feel. But overall, um, I think I feel fine. I expected that I would feel worse, but I'm glad it's just, you know, these little, like, discomfort, not too much, where, you know, I'm in 
pain and everything. So yeah, that's just it for post two-day infusion. Today is Friday, June 4th. I had my last chemo session on May 20th, but they told me that I would see shedding happening on day 14. So today is day 15 and I started recording yesterday. Um, yesterday wasn't so bad when I collected all the hair that came out of my hair, but today seems to be a little bit more and, you know, when I brush my hair, I just kind of see all the strands coming out, but even when I'm sitting, um, I just feel like the different strands all over my arm, on my leg, and so it just feels like it's nonstop. So right now I'm pretty sad because I kind of want it to stop. And even though I have thick hair, um, you know, I never really had thin hair. So just knowing that the, there might be a possibility that my hair could be thinned out, um, I feel pretty upset by it. And, you know, in when I was younger, when, you know, I would brush my hair and, and I see, like, a little bit of hair coming out, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, I have thick hair. Um, but now that I know the reason why I'm shedding is because of chemo, I think differently and I want to save my hair as much as possible because my hair is a part of my identity and kind of you know when I wake up in the morning my hair is kind of what makes my whole day my whole outfit um the way that you know I do my makeup and and such so I really hope that the shedding doesn't get worse and I hope I don't get any bald spots and I hope that I can get through this and the Digna cap could do its job because I'm paying you know, close to $3,000 for this and I don't even know if insurance will even cover it. Yep, and that's about it. Hearing like your day before chemo or like the first clip, like I remember that anxiety so, like it was lit literally yesterday. Like the, just, uh Yeah, I had so much anxiety. I had so much anxiety that I couldn't comprehend like which medication I needed to take. It just wasn't going through my mind of like, okay, on this day, I'm taking this medication. On this day, I'm taking this because I think my body was just in so much shock. I was like frustrated because I was like, why the fuck can I just figure this out? 
but it was definitely because of the shock and the anxiety that was just all piling up. I remember every time I have chemo sessions, the day before, I can never sleep. I can never sleep well. It would affect me so much, even though like I would say like I felt like a statue, which I did. It still affected me. The thought of going into that room and like being hooked up and the worst part of it all is just the side effects of like, fuck, two days after I'm going to feel this pain. And then like a day after that, you know, I'm going to feel tired and, you know, just it takes a mental toll on you. And even your last, like the last clip of just hearing about your hair, you know, oh, that too, that anxiety, uh, you know, the cold capping and watching it, like watching it, like coming and you see how much is in your brush and just on the floor and on your hands. And you're just like, you know, every strand, like I will never take one strand yeah. of hair for granted again in my life. Yep. After this experience. So, you know, that was the last clip of my hair. And that time I had a full head of hair, but I would never forget this moment. I think it was like day 18 or day 19, where I really, really started to see so much hair coming out. Like I would collect all the strands and put it in a Ziploc bag so I can record how much was actually coming out. And each day, the amount of hair that came out got bigger and bigger. And I remember there was one night where I was just, I lost it. I completely lost it. I was hysterically crying on the floor. I was like, what the fuck? Why is so much hair coming out? The matting, the matting was also the worst part. I had so much matting in my hair. I was like, why is this happening to me? I'm doing everything that they're telling me to do. And just the consistent matting was just happening. And obviously I had to brush it out and I was afraid to brush it out and more hair yeah. was coming out. And I'm just like, damn, this is it. My hair is thinning out. And this is just reality. It was so, so difficult for me. When you heard yourself say, you know, I just hope there's no bolts, you know, I'm not having any bald spots. And like, you hear that now after you did suffer, you know, some bald spots, like, how is that? Like, when you're like listening yeah. to yourself, and you're like, you don't even know, you don't even know what's about to happen to you, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like hearing that and now knowing, no. you know, it's almost like. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like, be like sad. I, like, you know, you're sitting there hoping for the best, hoping for the best. And that wasn't what happened. Yep. I literally thought that because, you know, I'm doing TC, I'm doing this cold capping, like I would be able to save my hand. But I literally thought that, like, I wasn't going to shed that much as naive as that sounds like i literally thought i wasn't going to lose that much hair i even look back through the pictures each month i would take pictures of my hair of how it's being presented and man like i had so many bald spots yeah i have the same pictures and i just i remember like i think the last photo that i took in august like and you could like see my scalp. Like it wasn't, I thinned out so much. Like it didn't have like spots, but I had like thinned out so much. You could see my scalp, yeah, you know, yeah. it was. Same. But now it's like insane. Now I like look at that picture and I look at my head now. Like, I already have an inch and a half of growth. Mm -hmm. 
my hair is looking insane. Like it's all sticking up. I got like a cockatoo. Like it's just growing up and growing out and gray. It, it's upsetting. Like even looking at the picture recently, it was, it, it's upsetting to look at and to be, you know, but I also look now at my hair and yeah, I'm glad I did yeah. this. You know, all the stress, all the stress and anxiety, you know, that it created was worth, you know, it, yeah. in the end it was worth it. The unknown was the hardest part, not knowing how much was going to be coming out, how much you were going to save. And the part that like, I want everyone to understand is that you want to feel normal. Like yourself. Yeah. Like going through this whole chemo treatment, you want a part of you to just still be there. That part is your hair. That's what I want people to understand is that when you lose so much hair, like you don't feel like yourself. And I definitely didn't feel like myself because I'm just like, well, I would look at myself in the mirror whenever I get dressed and I just hated the way it looked. Because the thing is that I would always have my hair down. I would never have it in a bun. And seeing myself in a bun, I'm just like, okay, this is new. I definitely need to cope with this. Now I've seen like features in my body that I don't like. I was like, I don't like my shoulders. (laughs) I would never see my shoulders because my hair would just cover it. And you know, as sad as as that sounds, I don't know. It's, It's the honest truth. That's how I felt. Right. Like that, that was the most yeah. vulnerable thing that I've ever done in my whole entire life. I'm glad we did it. I, to be honest, like hearing it, did it bring me back? Yes. Did it trigger some emotions for me? Yes. But like, I'm glad that we did it because that was real. Like that was really happening to us. That was, those were our real feelings. Like those were my real tears, you know, like it was me in a hospital. Like, recording that you know mm-hmm. and like this is this is real like these and these feelings are i mean they were fucking hard it was hard everything about this situation has been hard you see these damn pink ribbons and you see you know you know like the breast cancer walks and, and everyone's fucking <laughs> smiling and you know pink and uh no no that is not what fucking breast cancer is yeah why are people smiling actually like you know i i did i did remember seeing that when when i was younger like people are smiling when they're going through walks and like why (laughs) now i'm asking myself why somebody gifted me like a whole she was a she's a nurse like a friend of my family is like you know gifted me like all these pamphlets of just certain you know different things about cancer and she gave me this book and it was it's a pink book and it was like life after cancer or something and this woman is smiling and that thing went right in the trash this week because i was like you know what yes maybe it is like you know maybe she's smiling because she finished treatment like whatever but like my life right now after breast cancer currently i'm not smiling like i gotta deal with a lot of shit now and that's not a true representation of life after breast cancer. Am I happy that I am alive? Yes. Am I happy that a major portion of my treatment stuff is done? Yes. But like, I can't sit there and say that I am overjoyed right now. You know, like I got to learn, especially after COVID, especially after this year, like Mm -hmm. I need to learn what my life is going to be like now. And that's fucking scary. I like completely changed my mindset. And, um, like I, and I know this is really hard to do. I just am learning to live in the present. Yes. I have fears of the future, of course, but like, I, 
I try to not stress as much about the future. I, I try to just live in the present because that's what's happening right now. Right. I'm doing the same. Like I, I you know, talking to you, we've had this discussion, actually you are the one that was, that kind of made me see that. Like, is it okay that I have all these fears? A hundred percent. But that extra stress is not good on our bodies, especially after like going through cancer. Like, it's just not something that we want, I want to focus on or whatever, but it's just that, that picture, like life after breast cancer of this smiling woman. And it's just like, I want to be real, you know, like that doesn't represent what my life currently is like, you know, like it's not. Yes. And that's valid. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm definitely like living, you know, like it's just obviously I, it's an, it's going to be an adjustment and I am so, I'm ready to enter some sort of normalcy. I'm ready for it. You know, it's just like, I want to just be honest with everyone that it's not just like you finish and then everyone's smiling and you're just like, yes, I'm so grateful to be alive and whatnot, but like, there's going to be a lot of hard days coming up. Like I'm ready to handle it, you know, not looking forward to some of the hard stuff, but like, I'm ready to handle it. And I'm like open to like, just focusing on what I can control right now in my day to day, every day. Yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. I, I I definitely like when you say about the stress and how that's not good for our bodies. That's actually one of the things that can cause cancer is chronic stress. And yeah. when I learned about that, I'm just like, damn, definitely life before breast cancer. I was a very stressed person. Yeah. I listened to this podcast. I think I've recommended it to you before. Um, it's called uh, Terrible Thanks for Asking. Oh, yes. And, yeah. and I I just, her husband died of brain cancer. Like, you know, she is just great. I, I really enjoy it. But she did a three-part podcast about childhood trauma and the long-term effects of childhood trauma. And that podcast changed my life. I am more, based off of the amount of childhood trauma that I've had, I'm more predisposed to cancer my lifespan because of that amount of stress and what that stress has done to my body, like my lifespan can be cut 20 years shorter mm -hmm. than the normal person that didn't grow up in a situation like that. I mean, it was incredible to listen to like scary, don't get me wrong, but like just that is what stress can do to you. That is what like trauma can do to you. Like, and it can cause cancer. I mean, granted, there's a million and one other factors that go into it, environmental, like diet, you know, whatever, Blake, I'm like, I can't sit there and solely, I'm not solely blaming my childhood trauma on my mom, you know, like my cancer, my cancer because of my childhood trauma, you know, and I'm not blaming my mother for that at all. You know, like, I don't know, but just hearing, hearing like those numbers, those statistics, like was cha life changing for me. Let's end this on a good note. 2022. What is, what's your plans? Like, what do you want to do now that you will be done with treatment? I want to be a part of a dance company. That's my goal for next year. I feel like that would definitely bring some of my old self back. I'm just ready to conquer. <laughs> That's what I feel. I'm feeling like I want to conquer the world and I want to continue doing dance because that's what I love. That's what I've always loved. And that's something that I enjoy. And I want to continue that. So that those are the two things I would say. How about you? I think it's just going to be the year of yes. Like I am just going to do 
as much as I can to be happy, whether it's traveling or being with my friends or my boyfriend. To be honest, like for me going to be finding the balance, I want to find a balance of slowing my life, you know, the pace of my life down a little bit. I want to slow down, but still be able to do all these fun things. Like I want to make sure that I'm mentally and physically taking care of my body. I'm not running myself ragged. I'm not, I want to be as stress-free as possible and finding a balance where I can just be happy all the time. You know, not all the time, Like nobody's happy all the time, but like, I don't want to stress about taking two or three days off to go and travel. I'm going to fucking do it. You know, like it it is what it is. And my job is my job, but like my life is my Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, I need to find that balance. Um, I want to go on a vacation so bad. You haven't gone on, you, you haven't gone on one yet. No, I haven't. And I, I mean, I, I have a wedding in, in Miami in February that I'm like, look, really oh looking God, forward to. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I'm really looking forward to it. It's all my friends are going down. It's a good friend that's getting married and it's going to be fun. So I have that in my head plan, but like, you know, this summer I didn't get to go to the beach. I like want to go sit on a beach. I want like drinks being brought to me in my cabana. Like that's what I want. <laughs> you wanted to go to Hawaii actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But because uh, of COVID. My boyfriend's parents have a condo there yeah. and um because of COVID, it, you know, when I wanted to go, it just wasn't a safe situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping eventually I'll get there next year. What else? I mean, I really want to get another dog. I'm hoping that's going to happen in 2022. Oh, so Phoenix get uh, a brother or sister. Yeah. Oh, so I'm really lo- like really looking forward to my like having my implants. Like I'm, I'm excited for my exchange shirt that will be in 2022. And I feel like for me, that's going to be like the final chapter of, you know, like that's the final box I get to check. I don't want the implant surgery to interfere with me not being able to move my body. And, you know, I like, obviously there are going to be like maybe a few days or a few weeks. I don't know how, how long the recovery process would be, but I feel like it'll like interfere with me trying to pursue like dance on the side, like obviously not for like income wise, but just like as a hobby. And that makes me a little upset because I'm just like, well, I kind of just want to live my life now. I don't want there to be a pause. I would say you're right in the sense of that will be the final chapter, hopefully cross fingers that that's the end and we don't have to worry about another surgery again, but those are all good things. So all good things. Yeah. And for you too, like just, I think being happy is like my, I think our number one. Right. Yep. Like we just want to be happy and we want to be healthy and you know, those are ultimate 2022 goals. I'm so glad that we did this. This has been so healing and I'm so glad I got to meet you and Yes. Oh my no, gosh. De- <laughs> definitely. Don't make me cry. I'm, no, but honestly, like, you know, it, it was nice to be able to have somebody that was going through it the exact same time I was, got it, understood it. You know, you validated my feelings in that moment. You know, I am just, I'm so glad that we met and I'm so glad, like, you know, we're doing this podcast because I love this. Like, I love mm-hmm. it. It's just like, it's been more healing than I could have ever imagined. And, and I hope like for any of anyone listening, like you're not alone, like find your community. We're your community now. Like we, you know, if we could be a part of that healing, we've accomplished what we, we came to accomplish. I also want to mention like the, the reason why I wanted 
to start a podcast is because I was kind of upset in the fact that like, why wasn't any young women like talking about this? And of course, like, you know, like obviously now I see more and more young women like talking about it, but I guess in the beginning of my diagnosis, like I just felt like there wasn't anyone that I could relate to. So that's why I just start this podcast, reach out to Shauna, do this together. So then we can also bring awareness. This cancer happens in one to eight women. Like that is crazy to me. And it's happening more and more to young women. So I want young women to be educated in this cancer and know that it can happen to anyone. And just really please just like take care of yourself. Yes. Go do your annual checkups, do your monthly breast exams. If something doesn't feel right, self-advocate, go to your doctor, demand, demand, make shit up to get the test that you need at this point, because (laughs) no, yeah, because they will dismiss, they'll dismiss you because of your age and advocate for yourself and, you know, just take care of yourself. That's it. That's all. And Honestly, yep. I'm pumped for season two. Me too. I'm pumped. We have like a lot of good things coming for you guys. And yes, you know, hopefully get some guests on here. I think that was like one of the big things I wanted to do in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear other people's stories. I want to hear other people's experiences. You know, even though like you and I had, you know, basically the same, we had the same diagnosis, you know, we we're mm-hmm. hormone positive about breast cancer. And you know, but we had very different views on certain things. And I, I love hearing yep. other people's perspectives and I really hope for next season we can get, you know, a real, you know, nice crew of, of people that want to come on and share. That's a wrap for season one. If you enjoyed this season, please rate and review our show as it helps us expand our community. Also share it with your friends and family and caretakers who have been affected by breast cancer. Our mission is to bring awareness of this disease among young women and provide our true authentic stories to you all. Please check our Instagram for updates and monthly reminders to perform a self-breast exam as early detection is key and could potentially save your life. Season two is launching in 2022. We're really excited to share our health updates and experiences. Some of the topics we'll discuss in season two are radiation, hormone therapy, navigating life after treatment is over, reconstruction, toxic positivity, interviews with our partners and how they coped with our disease and more. In addition, we will love to bring survivors, pre-vivors, thrivers, and caretakers onto our show to share their stories and experiences with breast cancer. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, please email us at tyftspodcast at gmail.com.